Good morning, church. My name is Chris Rodriguez. I'm the pastor of Praxis, our college ministry. And I'm so thankful that you joined us this morning for Repent, Refresh, and Renew. You're welcome to have your seat if you haven't followed the front row as they've been sitting down. They already know. Oh, he's talking now. We don't got to stand any much longer. Uh, as, as Buzz has walked us through this process of repentance and contemplation, bringing us into the world of the Son, this morning I'm going to bring us into the world of the Father. And when I think about the Father in this story, I'm reminded that for a good father, it brings him great joy to make plans for his children's future. Um, I think about me, myself, I'm not a father, but one day I hope to be a good father, so I've already started making plans for my children's future, all right? I can't wait to teach my kids how to dance and love music and and ride their bike and and go hiking and camping. I can't wait to read books with them. I can't wait to bring them to church with me and teach them about Jesus. Because these are all of the things that I love. And I want my kids to love those same things. And I've already planned for that one day if I ever have a daughter and that little boy comes to ring my doorbell (laughs) to pick her up for prom night. Mm. Oh, it's okay. Officer Gabe Walters already agreed that he'll be right there to meet him, and he's going to escort them to prom in the back of his police car just so this little boy knows that if he tries something crazy with my daughter, I got connections. Daddy don't play no games, right? (laughs) But in all seriousness, if it brings a father great joy to make plans for his children's future, then the father in this story must be in the deepest of pain that his son has rejected him and rejected his plan. But in this father's pain and in his rejection, we see this father respond to the son in a way that in my opinion is reckless, is foolish, is just plain crazy. When the son says, I want you dead, give me my inheritance and let me go, this father gives him the inheritance and lets him go. Now, I don't know how you would have responded to this son if it was you and you were this father, but I know how I probably would have. First of all, I'd be so angry at this ungrateful little punk. (laughs) But I'd let him go. But I, I tell him that you can go with everything that you paid for. Oh, and this inheritance that I've been saving up for you from since before you were born, yeah, you can't have that because you don't want to be a part of my plan. I'm just going to give it to your brother who's here working. His father's strange to me. And, but this father isn't like me, and this father might not be like you. And though I don't understand what is going on in the head of this father in this moment, I think we can all imagine how he feels. I I know I can. 
You see, because growing up in inner city New Jersey, I was raised in a single parent home by my mother. And I grew up in a community where most of the kids in our community were raised by our mothers and our grandmothers. And though I have a great and loving relationship with my father right now, as a kid, my father was absent from my life. And I was so angry and resentful towards him. But my mom, she had a plan for my life. And she said, you know what, my kids, they're going to be respectful and they're going to be kind and they're going to do good in school. Um, And I'm going to always take them to church and they're going to love Jesus. But I didn't want anything to do with my mother's plan. So I went to school and I got in fights all the time and I always got suspended and I didn't do my work and I was in and out of relationships and I stole a little bit and I hated church. Looking back now as an adult, I can see that every time I made a decision that was destructive towards my own life, that I was breaking my mother's heart. But the difference between me and the son in the story is I always came home. I would have never told my mom I hate her. I would have never told my mom I want you dead. But that's what this father is experiencing in this story, his son whom he loved, who he made a plan for, has just rejected him and wants nothing to do with him. So he's probably grieving the loss of his son whom he loves. But in his pain, in his feelings of rejection, in his grief, this father does something a little different. And we, we find something of, out about this father, that this father doesn't lose hope that his son will come home. We know this in the scripture because, because it says after some time, probably some years, when the son finally decides to come home, the father sees him off in the distance and runs out to meet him. It doesn't say that the son came, rang the doorbell, and no one was home. It doesn't say that a servant saw him off in the distance and and went to go get the father. No, the father saw him off in the distance. And for the father to see him off in the distance, after all these years, he must have been waiting for him day and night. This father continues to be strange to me. This father's strange to me because what society tells us about fathers, about fatherhood, looks less like the father in our story and more like the father on a sitcom on TV. They tell us that fathers are are passive and stoic and angry and too macho to be concerned with what's going on with their kids or even to know where they are and be worried. I think back to when I was a kid and and I was getting into trouble and I was making all these choices that were destructive to my life. It wasn't because I was a bad kid, it was because I was looking for my father's attention. I was longing for him to notice me, to acknowledge me, to help me maneuver through life. Maybe you can relate to my story Maybe you know that sitcom father. Maybe you've seen that sitcom father. 
But Jesus is telling the story because he wants to, he wants to show us different maybe than what we've experienced in our lives. He kind of wants to change the narrative a little bit. And when I remember looking back and, and hearing the story of the prodigal son when I was a kid, I thought that Jesus was telling the story to tell us how wicked, how evil, and how screwed up we can be and how we can mess up our own lives like the younger son. As I got older, and became a Christian, I thought, no, Jesus is telling this story to let us know how judgmental and mean and unloving religious people can be, kind of like the older son. But Jesus isn't telling this story to tell us something about the sons. Jesus is telling this story to introduce us to a father who is unlike any father that we've ever met before. And this father is our father, God in heaven. And maybe today you feel like you are too far from God. Jesus is inviting us and calling us to come back home to his father's house that is full of love and acceptance and mercy. Later on in the story, we see that when the father comes out to meet the son, he runs at him, he throws his arms around him, he gives him a kiss, a robe, a ring, and throws him a great feast. Are you feeling naked and vulnerable today? Are you feeling ashamed and dirty today? God wants to come and run to you and throw his arms around you and give you a robe and cover you, clean you up. You feeling abandoned, lonely, unseen, unknown, unloved. God wants to give you a ring because you're his son and you're his daughter that he loves. Feeling dissatisfied with the choices that you're making, feeling dissatisfied and, and empty from from bad relationships and and people that mishandle us and misuse us. God wants to give you living water and bread of life. He wants to give you a meal that is good for your soul that will satisfy you and won't leave you empty. But you gotta come home to his house. And you might be here today and you're like, okay, Chris, this sounds really good on paper. I, I, I love every, everything you're saying, but how the heck do I find my way home? Jesus says in John 14, 6, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. If anybody wants to get to the Father, you got to go through me. He later says in verse 9 that if you have seen me, then you've seen my Father in heaven. I want to tell you this morning that Jesus loves you with the same love and passion and compassion as the Father loves us with. In Isaiah 53 verse 5, it says that Jesus was wounded for our mistakes, but by his wounds we have been made whole. Jesus loved us so much that he was willing to come down to this earth, live with us, suffer for us, die for us. 
But he didn't just die, he rose again so that he can come and grab our hands and take us from our darkest moments in our life into his father's house that is full of love and light. So maybe you need to walk towards Jesus. I want to tell you that you don't have to walk towards Jesus. You don't have to walk home alone. Maybe this morning it it, it means leaning over to somebody next to you and saying, hey, I don't know my way. I don't know how to do this. I want to walk with Jesus home to our Father's house. Can you walk with me? Or maybe it's going out to the prayer room after service and praying with one of our prayer workers. Or maybe it's reaching out to that family member that you know has been praying for you for all these years, giving them a call and saying, hey, can you walk with me back to God? Wherever you're at, Jesus has been looking for you. And God, our Father in heaven, is waiting to welcome you home. So as we continue in our time of contemplation and reflection, let's walk home together. Amen.